Welcome to your show, Fruit for Your Soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to this show. You will not be disappointed. I'm excited to tell you about my new book. Um, I'm your host, Cordelia Reed. And today I'm going to talk to you about uh, my new book called Little Diary of Relationship Truths that just came out last week. And I am just um, really awed at the response I've gotten from people and I, I'm just overwhelmingly just supportive and people at this time because we're, we're this is doing the COVID what I call the COVID war people are looking for something better different than what they've had before and something new uh, it's only fair that we look for something new in the body of Christ right because the enemy has come with something new with this COVID war even though per the Bible it's not new because the Bible speaks of pestilences However, it comes down to the thing of what else do we do now? Where do we go from here? Especially if you are a person who is single in the body of Christ, whether you're single because you've never been married or whether you've been married and you're divorced, multiple times divorced. And if you're at home, unfortunately, afraid, uh, not only because of the COVID virus of getting it, but afraid that you'll be single by yourself for the rest of your life, single living alone for the rest of your life. And this, those are all lies from the enemy. Let's just break that off right now in the name of Jesus, because that's not true and that's not going to happen. All right. So let's just stop that kind of thinking right now. So this is why I wrote the book, because one of the things that I found, you know, there's never been as many people in the world today as it is now. There's 7.7 billion people in this world. You know what that means? It means that, first of all, there's only male and there's only female that God created. All right. And in this time frame, there are actually more singles now in the body of Christ than it's ever been for a conglomerate of reasons. And I don't want to come across, there's no, I'm not condemning that. It just is. That's just how it is. Like I said, there's so many reasons why. And the other thing is that um, women around the world commit suicide at a higher rate than men. So women, there's 60% of women that are committing suicide and they're successful at it at a much higher rate. And one of uh, several reasons why women are committing suicide is because divorce, widowed, Okay, that's another reason people become single. Relationships just not working out. Uh, Abuse in relationships and having to stay in relationships because of the culture. uh, Arranged marriages. Uh, That's another thing. Once again, not happy in that because it was arranged. And that's, you know, there's something not of God in that. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, But I, I do feel the need to say that. Uh, When you are a believer in the body of Christ, remember Jesus came to set the captives free. That also means you should not be under any bondage from a culture or traditional perspective. God's love outweighs a cultural bondage. So I just want to express that and you are free to be who God made you to be. So once I start talking more about the book, I'll get more into that. But people who are literally committing suicide because they don't want to live by uh, what they feel are the laws of the land. Um, they're, they're trying to get another way out. 
And apparently the enemy makes suicide um, become more appealing to them, which is why they do it. But a lot of people are single. Another reason by actual choice and choice, meaning marriage just doesn't look appealing right now because of my career. People say it's their career or it's because of their um, they haven't met the so-called quote unquote right person. Um, and it's like, well, who is the right person? Okay. First of all, the right person starts with you. You have to know that you're the right person. You are a 50% contributor to any relationship. And the Holy Spirit is a 100% contributor. And you get that from the Holy Spirit. And this is where I want to pick up on. The purpose of the book is to help you understand that out of our one-to-one relationship with the Holy Spirit flows all the relationships as well as the instructions for life. So that tells me that God is going to give us via the Holy Spirit instructions on our romantic relationships. And I don't know why romantic relationships have to be one of those, oh my gosh, we can't talk about things. I don't feel like uh, relationships, not marriage right now, or discuss enough in the body of Christ because you're probably going to find a marriage ministry and you're probably going to find a singles ministry. And what you're going to see that in the average church, the marriage ministry is much bigger or doing a whole lot more activities or is a, get a little bit more, I don't know, is get more attention, so to speak, than the singles ministry. Now, I could be wrong, but this is what I've seen. I just, and even if that is the case, I just don't hear it talked about enough. What are we doing in the body of Christ to make sure our singles are married? Because the Bible only acknowledges marriage. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it acknowledges, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. I, I just, it's not anywhere in the Bible, you know? And so even in sinning, there's fornication and there's adultery. And um, I I know I'm opening up a whole new can, but I'm just going to veer off into this for just one minute. Adultery occurs when people are married and they are with someone outside the marriage in a sexual relationship or sexual act. But there's no no word outside of marriage if you're in a boyfriend-girlfriend so-called relationship for um, sinning. It's just fornication. So sex before marriage is called fornication. And this is why I um, I tell a lot of singles, and you will read this in the book, that <clears throat> because marriage is the only thing that's recognized in the Bible, remember, you are a believer. You gave your life over to Christ. When we are in serious relationships, we're still single. And all the rules of being single still apply. So in other words, you're free to do whatever you want to do, which is why I try not to get people that are in relationships so bogged up with, oh, this person was cheating. And cheating is just what you call it and what he calls it. And he may not even call it cheating because, you know, if he was the one that was doing it or if she was doing it, whatever it is, there is hard to use the term cheating outside of a marriage. Okay. Because cheating technically occurs in marriage, but outside of that, It is what it is. It's called fornication. It's just that simple. And I just want to make sure. I I know I said a whole lot there. Remember when you're in a relationship with someone outside of marriage, um, when it's it's not marriage, it's not a covenant between you, God, and that person and your spouse. 
Uh, it's just a title that you two place on it. It's just the words that you say. There's nothing that's keeping it binding. Not even, <clears throat> excuse me, not even legally. There's nothing keeping it binding. So technically, it's, it's only what you say it is. Now, I'm not trying to say that what you call it is um, not worthy of anything. The problem is that when you introduce sin into any situation, there's so many problems that occur. And people, when you are having sex outside of marriage with someone who you say you have an exclusive relationship with, what stops either the either person from doing that with someone else? Because it's still titled as fornication, okay? When you are having sex with that person and you're not married to them, it's fornication, all right? When you uh, decide that you see Joe or Sally and you sleep with that person outside of marriage, it's fornication. Even when you are in the relationship with Sue or someone you have an exclusive relationship with, I'm giving names as an example, but you could be a male or a female. So um, don't get too focused on that. The point that I'm trying to make when you're single, you should be able to do whatever you want to do until you get married. All right. Now, with that being that you are, you have your relationship established with the Holy Spirit and you understand what it takes to make a good relationship. I'm not talking about freedom to sleep around like what the world calls freedom. I'm talking about a godly, holy, given freedom. Make sure I understand that. Make sure you understand that. So without getting too far into that, that's a very sticky topic. It's very deep. I know a lot of people don't like that. But guess what? A lot of people don't like the truth. And take a look around this world. Take a good look at broken relationships, broken hearts, bitter and resentment. All these kinds of things you see occurring. A lot of those things occurred as a result of sin. That's right. And then they're still sin if they hold on to it and not forgiven. Right. So just remember that. Um, I'm glad that I could start out with that topic because it's a very controversial thing. But I talked to a lot of people. I want you to understand me very well. I talk to a lot of people who really believe in their heart because of what the world told them. That if they have a boyfriend, for example, talking to a female, if they have a boyfriend, that person is like their husband. And that person should not cheat or be with anyone else. And that's not the truth. They should be able to have as many friends as they want, just like she should have as many friends as she wants. Or, you know, if I'm talking to a female, she should have as many guy friends as she wants. And the guy should have as many female friends as he wants. Because friendship, friendship, true intimacy in a friendship has nothing to do with sex. It's about pure love, which gives me brings me to my next topic. All right. Now, I hope that I explained that well for you to understand and once again, the book explains it a whole lot better than what I just did because it gives great examples. Um, but I didn't want to focus too much attention on females because I talk to males just as much as I talk to females. There are just some things I see come up more with females and there are things that I see come up more with males. All right. So let's talk about um, love. And I want you to understand something. I don't know why this is the case. And I, I've learned this more as I've gotten closer to the Holy Spirit. For some reason, we think the Holy Spirit is not involved in romance because it just feels like a romance and Holy Spirit just shouldn't go together. <laughs> and I like to view romance as something temporary. 
It's like dark chocolate. You like it and you can get it, but it's not realistic to have it 24-7 all the time, right? Because there's a certain thing called balance. So you couldn't even eat dark chocolate all day long every day because you have to balance and eat and do other things uh, to maintain your just life, your daily life, right? Romance is no different than that. Romance is, in our minds, falling in love with someone. And it is a wonderful thought. It's a wonderful feeling that the average person has listened to the enemy and said, it's not going to last. Uh, you know, or, or the enemy says, you can never have that. Or the enemy says, you're not worthy of that. Or the enemy says, the time is not right ever. Just don't even worry about it right now. And it was just, that keeps going. When does that stop? I have heard it all. I've heard every single one of those excuses. And those are lies from the enemy. If there was not a such thing as romance and falling in love, it would have never been designed by God. We see it in multiple times in the Bible. I get it. People look at someone, they fall directly in love with them and all this and that. Some, and most of the time that's lust. But sometimes in the back of their mind, they physically see themselves falling in love with in this image with this person. And that's great. But what happens is that once we decide to get married, we have to understand how to maintain that romance and falling in love. And as anyone knows, is listen to this, um, this podcast that's married. That's not something that's going to naturally occur every day in any marriage. You have to be intentional about romance, just as you were intentional when you met that person and you had your romantic dates and you went out on these romantic dinners and all, the, all these kinds of things. So every, both people have to be intentional about romance. That's why I say it's like dark chocolate. You can have it and you can get it, but it's not realistic to have 24-7 when it comes to maintaining that for the rest of your life. You can and you will have that in marriage, but you have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and show you how to do that on an individual basis, day by day. And that takes work. So when you look at romance and you think, I'm going to have that, I want that, or why is it so far away? And you just feel like it's this far-fetched goal, completely bind that thought in the name of Jesus and say, that's a lie from the enemy. It is a goal. It is obtainable, but it starts with me. It starts with me. Now, the next question is, how in the world does romance start in you? Well, when you have that one-to-one relationship with the Holy Spirit, guess what he shows you how to do? To love. To love. Because God is love. That's all he is. He exudes so much love. So when you have the Holy Spirit in you, The Holy Spirit is going to show you how to love. The number one way is yourself to how to love Jesus, how to love your neighbor as well as yourself. Who is your neighbor? Everybody, everybody, right? Now, let's go back and revisit that word romance. If you learn how to have a love that the Holy Spirit gives us, if you learn how to have that love, or I should say when, or you do have that love, Romance, having a romantic love is no different. The only difference is, okay, there is an in love that you start to have, right? You're in love and you're going to and you want to spend the rest of your life with this person or you're considering it, right? The most important thing, though, is the fact that you know how to give love 
when you learn that, it helps you to overlook a lot of what we call so-called personal offenses that we get in every situation of life. You, you're always, people are always going to say things that you're not going to like, but when you have the Holy Spirit's love in you, it bounces off of you. It's like they would say, it's water. It's like water on a duck's back. It just goes off of you like it was never there, rolls away. It also gives you the ability to have a never-ending supply of love because you're giving it. You're giving it too. You're a part of that process. One thing I have found, love is the most powerful weapon in spiritual warfare. It's the most powerful weapon. So there's nothing, when you have that kind of love, there is nothing that can come to you throughout the day where you can say, hey, I'm done. I'm done. You're only, guess when you're done? When the Holy Spirit says you're done. That's when you're done. All right. And once again, I'm going to focus on romantic relationships right now. So um, there are so many situations where we can say, well, the, the Holy Spirit say you got to be done with this because it's not healthy. But um, when it comes to the kind of love that you have now, when you are loving someone um, and you have the Holy Spirit in you that's providing that love through you, right? Because that's what you allow him to do. You kind of look at things from a totally different perspective. You're not looking at it in a lust form because that's sin, all right? So I want to make sure I spell that out for you. It's, a, it's looking at life from a different perspective. When you do that, anything's possible and meeting anyone is possible at any time, at any time, because you're exuding love. You smell the, you have the fragrance of love on you. And when that happens in the supernatural realm, you've already drawn certain types of people to you. You cannot go wrong with this one. And, and I want to make sure you understand this. It is such a healthy love that when you meet people and you're exuding it, you naturally have an inclination to get along and have friendship. Now, obviously, if people don't want to have anything to do with that kind of love, they're going to go the other way. The Holy Spirit just starts to filter people and filter people and filter people. Now, he's doing this through you. So I want to make sure you understand you're going to have the ability to filter people. Now, filtering does that does not mean you met 100 people within the last month and something was wrong with every single last one of those people. That's not love. All right. That is criticism. And that is a form of self-hatred. OK, that we are taught and we don't realize we're, t- we're being taught that. So let's not that's not let's not confuse those kinds of things. We're talking about a love that when you see people. You do see whatever it is that we call imperfections, all right? But you say, you look at them, you're able to, <clears throat> to look at them at how Jesus sees them. You say, well, this person has an imperfection of, let's just say they um, have a short temper. And you say, well, it doesn't stop me from loving them. Now, you don't have to fall in love with them because of that, okay? I want to make sure you understand that. It doesn't stop you from loving them the way Christ loves them because of the Holy Spirit that's in you. And you can clearly have conversations with them. Now, what has just happened here? If you're still able to get past that, which you should be able to, then let's just say you start forming a friendship and that person admires you because they love that about you. Friendship gives truthful feedback. You help that person understand they have questions for you. You give them answers. You don't impose your beliefs on them. You know, this is instructions from the Holy Spirit now. You don't impose your beliefs on them. You're patient. You're kind. You're extremely just compassionate 
People admire these kinds of things. So do you know what happens in a situation like that? That person starts to mend. Something about them starts to turn. It's the most amazing thing in the world. This is why I love talking about love so much. I'm going to use an example in the civil rights movement. When Martin Luther King decided, he made up his mind that he was going to be a part and lead this movement. He decided that he was going to have a turn the other cheek mentality, which is which most people consider very difficult to have. And when he decided that he was going to have that mentality, he there was nothing anyone could do to change his mind about the kind of love he was going to give. And what happened over time, the situation mended. It started turning. I mean, he had the ear of the president, which was unheard of at the time for a, a black man to have the, the ear of a white president because of the segregation. But that's how God works. It had nothing to do with physical skin. It had everything to do with the spiritual realm. Everything to do with that. Nothing is different when it comes to a relationship. All right. So you don't have to fall in love with someone because you see imperfections, but what you do, what you will do because you have the Holy Spirit in you is love them. And when you love them, you'll be surprised at how things mean the change. Now, once again, you're going to meet a lot of people. You're going to talk to a lot of people. People are going to be attracted to, attracted to you and drawn to you because of the love that you have. Not the resentment, not the bitterness, not the hatred, not the anger, not the unforgiving nature in your, in your spirit that you exude. Because all that come from lies and, and things that you're believing from the enemy. So break that off daily if you have to. To get to this point in your life. This is really important. Because a lot of us out here looking for someone to give us love. And we all understand we have to give it. We have to give it. The most important thing that happens when you're doing this. The Holy Spirit starts sending people to give that same love back to you. It's so amazing. You know, just yesterday I was on the phone with someone. And, you know, I, I have people that um, I talk to uh, whom I love dearly. Um, we talk about spiritual things. And I talk to people that want my advice, which I love that so much. That's a part of who I am. And I'll continue to be that person until I leave this earth. But then sometimes you don't realize how your, um, I want to say your tank kind of goes empty. And you got to go back and be refueled yourself. Now, I get my refueling from the Holy Spirit daily. But he, sometimes he doesn't say, hey, you know, I just want to send someone to you today to pray for you. And so I was on the phone with this person I don't really talk to as much, but such a nice person. And she said to me, do you mind if I just pray for you right now? I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because that meant the world to me. You don't realize how much when you start giving love. And give it, I mean, literally giving your all, how he brings that back to you and even beyond, even above and beyond anything you could ever imagine or expect. And I'm not trying to sound like a cliche. I want you to know it is possible. It's very possible. But you've got to have a totally different perspective and outlook on this. Because I don't want you to think that romance is way over there and who knows when I can get it. That, that's, not, that's not the kind of thinking that God wants you to do. He wants you to give love to people that you meet daily and stop looking at romance or thinking romance when you meet someone you potentially are attracted to and just focus on giving love. You cannot go wrong with this. It's just, it's, it's God-given. 
It is God given. So uh, another thing uh, is that, you know, you become a good example to that person. I think I just said that, but I can't express that enough. Um, When you become that example, um, you uh, learn that you don't have to love someone with expectations or a whole list of limitations. I meet people all the time because they're thinking romance in the back of their mind. They don't meet whoever they want to meet, number one. But number two, they have a laundry list of criteria a person has to meet for them to actually love them romantically. Now, God does not do that for us because I want you to understand love, romantic love, excuse me, is a type of love. But to love someone, Jesus loves us and accepts us just the way we are. He didn't say we had to have a list of criteria to receive his love, right? Same thing for you when you love people. Just love people because God loves them, because you have the Holy Spirit in you, and because God is love. This is something you must practice daily with the Holy Spirit, daily, and you have to allow him to do it through you. Very, very, very important. Uh, You know, another thing I want to add is that, you know, when it comes to romantic relationships, I know that, you know, I'm going to move on to this subject about um, moving on. I talk about this in the book and there are times you just have to move on, um, particularly from divorce, where you've been divorced multiple times, or particularly you, you thought that you were in love with someone and you were dating them. And, you know, I found that a lot of times we fall in love, um, we fall in love a lot faster and unhealthier when we've had sex with the person, of course. And I'm not going to pick on any particular sex that does that. I, I know that people do that because they um, they start thinking a physical attachment and this and that. And they can't separate the physical attachment that they've just created with what's going on. And truly, a physical attachment is a soul tie. And those have to be broken off in the name of Jesus. They have to be broken off, but you have to even know that you have them. So let's just say you met someone and you thought that that was the right person for you and you sinned and you had a lot of sex with this person and it didn't work out, right? And Or you've been, you just recently got divorced and you thought, I never thought I'd get divorced. This is just the worst thing. And I, I've heard that divorce was so bad and I believe it. The thought of divorce sounds bad, so I can't imagine doing it, but The reason why a lot of these things don't work out, especially when you've been married, is that people are not being obedient to the Holy Spirit on an individual basis, okay? Now, even if you're not someone, for example, that's been uh, spiritual, uh, there are times in our lives where we say, this is right, this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong. And so a lot of times when we pursue the wrong one and don't care about what's right, it causes problems in relationships. All right. Period. End of discussion. So I know that's the case because if that's not the case, you would not, you would still be with that person. Right. And you'd be happy and then, you know, somewhere else. But anytime you introduce sin into any situation, it's going to be a lot of problems and a lot of consequences. All right. You take sin out of the equation, things are a whole lot better. It just causes a lot of unnecessary headaches, especially in relationships. Thus, this is the kind of world that we live in. And when you are um, divorced, sometimes you just have to move on. Uh, but remember, 
the Holy Spirit is always concerned about your family line. And he wants, if you have kids, he wants your kids to see what a healthy marriage looks like. He also wants you to see what a healthy marriage looks like. Some marriages are not of God. Now, with that said, God is always in the business of restoration. So I want you to understand that um, he hates divorce and he wants to always, he's always in the business of restoring marriages that were of him. Make sure I stress that. Now, how do you know if a marriage is um, was for you to have or not? The best way for you to know is, um, unless you have a, someone spiritual that you're talking to, is acts directly the Holy Spirit. And... The reason why I say someone's spiritual, no one can tell you better than the Holy Spirit can tell you. And sometimes you have to remove those emotional barriers when you're talking to the Holy Spirit. Because I found that, you know, in my marriage, I would have emotional barriers and I couldn't clearly hear things about my marriage from him because I was so emotional about things. So you have to pray that those things are removed daily if you feel like you're not hearing about your marriage the way you want to hear. Because he's definitely, he, he if it's important to you, it's important to him. He's the one that put those things in your heart. Do not separate the Holy Spirit from um, your romantic relationships or your marriages or even moving on. And um, any if you're feeling resentful that your marriage didn't work out because a lot of people just, you know, they just can't stand it. Anyone can understand that. Um, it makes you sometimes jealous when you see other people. Just in Jesus' name, cast all that out. That's not, that's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the devil. The devil making you feel uh, defeated by that situation that did not work out. So just remember that when it comes down to uh, moving on and relationships from the Holy Spirit, uh, just know that you are a never ending supply of love and that never ending supply comes from the Holy Spirit. I don't care when all else fails, love lasts, love lasts. I cannot express that enough. I found myself in countless situations where they were highly hurtful. It wasn't even just romantic situations. Um, I've, I've applied the romantic part only to my marriage currently because that's the one where I learned a lot of these principles in. However, I will say this outside of my marriage when it comes to uh, just regular relationships with people, um, you know, jobs I've worked, situations that were, you know, the devil tried to introduce and make me feel bad. I found that love, loving that person and showing them that created such a, what is it? It, it created such a, um, a positive experience for both of us. That you put so much pressure on the powers of darkness that the enemy flees from both of you. Any potential hurt that you had flees. And any hatred that person had towards you has to flee. Now, they could welcome it back. But at least at that moment, they know what Jesus feels like. It's just like what King David and Saul. When King David had the opportunities to kill Saul, he didn't take it because he respected God's anointed. And so Saul even told him, you are a more righteous man than I am. And this came out of someone's mouth that hated him because he saw the favor of God on his life. So the same thing for you. Take this principle and apply it to your romantic relationships. When you have the, when you just have love in your heart, no matter what someone says or do to you, they cannot take that away. And you just have to make up your mind. You're not going to let anyone take it away. That is how you start out highly successful already in any relationship and you can create any kind of relationship you want with anyone, 
with anyone with that kind of mentality. Now, when it comes to falling in love, that's more of a mutual thing. Number one, the spiritual realm. But number two, in the natural realm, it just comes down to the connection and feeling right and allowing that connection to take place because it's in he- and on earth because it already has been done in heaven. In other words, the Holy Spirit will send you that person for you to fall in love with because he's given you all the tools to create that relationship. Right. So if he gave you the tools, he's naturally going to give you the person. Also, you just have to trust him for that, which goes back to my original point. Out of that one-to-one relationship with the Holy Spirit flows all the instructions and the relationships in life. Everything. So you cannot go wrong with this because you'll have it all. You will have it all. You cannot fail. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. And I just want to tell you about this book. You can find it on Amazon now. Uh, It's the best place on paperback or Kindle. It's about 12 bucks. Um... It's interesting because it's if the, some of the bookstores were open, you would find it there too. But um, I, I literally um, think that people will find it on Amazon from what all over the world, right? I want you to have this essentially because you know, even though it focuses a lot on um, what we consider romantic relationships and getting yourself together, the most important point is the relationship with the Holy Spirit. All right. I cannot stress that enough. Now is the time to bring people into the body of Christ more than ever by any shape, way or form, any means necessary. I just know there's singles out there that want to be married, that desire love, to desire to be in love. They just have to find out what they have inside and how to activate that and let go and let the Holy Spirit handle everything. And this book gives you the tools to do it. It talks about a lot of things that people don't want to talk about. A lot of what I call big fat elephants in the room people don't want to deal with. And my prayer and belief, and I declare that they're, they're very soon when revival breaks out all over the world, we're going to talk about singles in the body of Christ. And we're going to see more marriages, more marriages occur now in the body of Christ more than ever. Because if you ever wanted to do anything for the Lord, now is the time to do it. A part of that is a marriage, which is your birthright. I cannot express that enough. It is your birthright. God created Adam and Eve for a purpose. He didn't create one and then waited forever to create the other. There's a reason why he created them at the beginning. And there's a reason why he said, be fruitful and multiply. All right. So God wants that for you. And whatever you're dealing with is not too late. It's not, it's never too late. Never too late. I don't care who you are. I don't care what age you are. It's never too late. The perfect example I use in my book is my mom. My mom is 76 years old. My father passed away in 2011 and they were married for 43 years and she's never hurt for a relationship with a male ever. As a matter of fact, she has a male friend now. I talk about all that in the book. You know, so I don't want you to think I'm just talking about young people because that's 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 a lot from the enemy. Just rebuke that. I rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. So we're going to start seeing a plethora, just an insert of marriages in the body of Christ. And people are going to look at the body of Christ as examples for what the best marriages look like. I declare and believe that in the name of Jesus. All right. So remember, if nothing else, Jesus loves you. And so do I. I do look forward to seeing you soon. You can catch me on catch me on the cross network. 
Uh, I was, I'm there on Mondays, but it's interesting. On sometimes I'm there on Thursdays, but they, it, the shows don't air on those days, <laughs> so you have to just watch it. You know, I highly encourage you to watch it randomly whenever you feel like it, because um, there's some really great speakers on there, really great messages on there. I'm also on the OCN-TV.com, OCN Network. Look up OCN Network. And so with that, you know, we have panel discussions. I was just there recently promoting my book. Um, I think we come on on weeknights at 9 p.m. And so I'm not there all the time. I only do like a couple of episodes a week on both the Cross Network and OCN. Either way, it's going to be a whole lot more to go on in the body of Christ. All right. So I'm ending this now. I promise. All right. Jesus loves you and so do I. And I will see you next time.